0: How's everybody doing? A small but mighty crowd at Uncle Scotch's Storytelling Extravaganza tonight. Uh, Thanks for coming out. My uh, old friends and new friends that are here, I appreciate it. Once again, sponsored by Breckenridge Bourbon, and uh, the food's great here. Um, This is supposed to be all tandem stories tonight, and we do have two. We had two drop-offs, so... uh, Raul came in the last minute in the pinch. He's going up after me. And I kind of pulled this story out of my ass just in the last minute to, to fill in. So I, I hope you guys like it. It's uh, It was interesting. Uh, I told a story a little while back about when I started booking and getting into music and booking bands and stuff like that and uh, how that started when I lived out in uh, San Diego when the front man for the best band in town moved in with me and was my roommate. That opened up a lot of doors. Um, But what I didn't tell about him, who is my best friend to, one of my best friends to this day, was I didn't know when he moved in that he was uh, addicted to heroin. So that's something he neglected to inform me. So he moved in and most of his friends were addicted to heroin and he had a lot of friends. I mean fronting the number one band in town. So something I had to get used to really quick. They're everywhere. Um, They're actually pretty good roommates. Very schedule oriented, you know, like they all get their shit together or like around nine o'clock, something like that. Get their money together, a couple of them would go meet the dope man, come back, everyone's kind of happy. Everyone's either smoking or shooting up. Uh, Chitter chatter happened, they'd walk over to the market, usually get a bunch of sweets, a lot of cheap sweets. And then uh, by the afternoon, just everybody's nodding off, laying around the living room. The, I used to call them the sheriffs of Nottingham, And they were just the sheriffs. they're just, everyone's nodding off. And, um, but it was cool. They never bothered me. They didn't make a lot of noise. It was fine. Um, sometimes uh, though, I had a car, Jimmy didn't. And it uh, was my roommate. And um, so sometimes I would have to drive to the other side of town to meet this other dope man. And it was kind of shady. We'd have to meet. Like, 9 in the morning, I'm sitting there in, in the Carl's Jr. drive-through waiting for this Mexican guy to show up so he can get his dope. And uh, he would. And that was always the week that he was going to kick. So what he would do is he would get the dope, and he would divvy it up, a week's worth of dope, and he would divvy it up in these little wax paper balls. It would be Monday a.m., Monday p.m., Tuesday a.m., Tuesday p.m. You get where this is going. So, and each dose or whatever each amount was a little bit smaller throughout the week and he would always tell me make sure if i ask for tomorrows don't give it to me but i realized that the only reason that he did that and trusted me with that was because i would always give it to him because i'm not going to fight the man for his dope Um, that's we're friends but we're not like that you know if you want it here you know so i think that's kind of why he gave it to me um but it would suck when he would kick and watching firsthand somebody that's been doing it for years kick. It was scary. And, uh, it was horrible looking and he's shitting himself, sweating, all that stuff, all that shit you see in the movies. And, and what I also learned, what he told me that was true is every kick is worse. And which is actually a great business plan for a drug that if you're like, it's highly addictive. And every time you're going to try to fucking quit me, you're going to get it. So it's pretty discouraging. Um, but he would kick sometimes and for a couple weeks but then he would start with the booze and he was a bad drunk he was my favorite person to drink with but he was a bad drunk if that makes any sense at all he had a lot of demons in his past and uh but we would go out and he was just nuts but everybody knew who he was so we kind of got a hall pass we got away with a lot of shit but that booze would just eat him up it was actually probably better that he was doing dope to be honest um I tried it a few times. Now, he, he only smoked it off of some tinfoil because when he first started doing it, one of his good friends OD'd and died. So that was his, that was his justification. I guess that makes sense. Um, so I tried smoking it a few times, and I would always throw up and then feel pretty good afterwards, but it was like a weird kind of thing. Like, like I couldn't move. Like I was underwater, And, and, but you hear, people don't know this, that don't know, you see a junkie, they look totally out of it, like a zombie, but they hear every fucking thing that's going on. They understand what's going on, but you just can't really do anything about it. You're just in this cocoon, like fighting your way out of a wet paper bag or something. And uh, one of the, one of the guys, one of the sheriffs, he was like the worst. Uh, He came up to me one day, I remember, I'll never forget. He's like, you never really like... He's like, you tried it, but you never really, like, got into it, man. You always, like, kind of, like, like living life and doing shit. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, dude. I kind of did, you know. And um, there was another guy there, uh, a character I had just gotten to know at the time. I started getting to know a lot of these guys. These are kids that are grown up in San Diego. And uh, they're all locals. And so one guy Hunster. Was his name? He was always all gowed out. Like he would be like if an actor was trying to just over the top play a guy, I'm on heroin and I'm nodding off. It was this guy who's just always I have a cigarette, or I'd be in the kitchen and he'd just be holding on to the counter or just nodding off dramatically at all times. And I remember I came in from a surf with my buddy, because uh, we live right on the beach, and uh, we're talking about how great it was and all the great ways we rode. And he'd be like, get surf scared. I'm like, uh, yeah, Hunt, and he's on the couch. He's like, can I borrow a wetter and a board? I'm like, I guess, you know, so fucking I gave him my wetsuit, and it took him like a half an hour to get the fucking thing on. He was just all <laughs> trying to get it on, cocking balls out, just freaking, <laughs> we're laughing at him. He's waddling out now. To the, we were looking out the window. He's walking out to the beach, dragging the board, and we're like, man, we might have to save this motherfucker. And he gets in the water, and it was amazing. Bah, bah, bah. He was just crushing it. Best guy out in the lineup. Just destroying the waves. And he just came to life. And it was really sad, because, like, this guy could be doing this shit every fucking day. I-, I wish I could surf like that. And then he came back in. He Thanks, bro. Like, wetsuit, half off. Went back to sleep on the couch. Like, Jesus Christ. And it was, it was really scary. I mean, he had a freaking an abscess on his arm, and he was shooting into the abscess at all times. It was bad. But uh, update on him. He uh, actually he has been sober for like 10 years, and he's a boat captain on a sailboat that takes surfers out. Yeah, in Indonesia and Bali. Like surfers pay a lot of money for him to take them out and like, hunt for the big waves, so he's doing awesome. I'll tell him he said hi. I'll make him watch this. I'll make him listen to this podcast. They have podcasts in Bali. Um, then things kind of turned into, like, a poor man's point break because I started realizing that some of my roommates were also they're good surfers, great skaters, and junkies, and a couple of them were bank robbers, apparently. So yeah. This one, Sean. He was, he was a great surfer, and he, his whole thing was, and he showed me the note that he would write everything. He would go on Fridays to the bank and because they had the most money in the cash drawer. He would only go for the cash drawers, and he had a note he showed me. It says, I have a gun. He never had a gun. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a gun. Uh, empty the cash drawer. No die packs. You have 30 seconds, and by rule... The tellers in California, if, if you say you have a gun and you're robbing them, they just had to give it to you without any making a scene. And what he would do, he would jump on his skateboard, skate a couple blocks away, his car would be there, he'd drive away, none of the wiser. So I remember seeing the paper a skateboard bandit and a greeny-ass picture of this fucking junkie that lived with me with a baseball hat on. And I'm like... Shh. Was gonna, he looks like half a San Diego, a white boy with a freaking baseball hat on. They're never going to find this guy. And he would go off to Mexico and just do drugs and, and surf until the fucking money ran out. And uh, I had another roommate, Nate. Now, I didn't know he was one. He was like this very smarmy, bad junkie. Uh, and he, was a, he was a chef, of course he was, and, uh, and a really good artist, actually. And Nate... I was leaning on him because he owed me rent for a couple months i had taken over all those responsibilities i'm like nate man i need my money and he's like i got you this afternoon chief called everybody chief fucking annoying um disappears comes back a few hours later with a bunch of cash gives it to me back rent three months front rent going to oaxaca chief later Um, anybody calls anybody chief is a douche. I'm fucking, I don't give a shit across the board. If you like mean it, if you're not joking, that's bad. You're a douche, get away. So I run to the bank and deposit that money because I was scared I was gonna be overdrawn. You know. Next day I look at the paper. The, the paper, skateboard bandit strikes again. There's fucking Nate. I'm like, what bank? That's my fucking Wells Fargo. He went to my bank. Motherfucker, I deposited that money back in my bank. (laughs) I clearly didn't get caught. I wanted to kill him. He either, like, didn't know or didn't care that was my bank. I thought he knew that was my bank, or maybe you should ask me. There's only a couple. Fucking guy, I wanted to kill him. And then, you know, he's gone for three months. What am I going to do? Wait to punch him three months? And I'm like, well, fuck it, you know, junkie's going to junkie. But then I was telling that to Jimmy, and... He was like, no, that's bullshit. He, and he really had a problem with that whole fact. Whenever his, any of his friends will pull some shit uh, that wasn't honest or he would steal from each other, he's like, don't blame the drug. You know, That's not fucking fair. Like, Jimmy, I would leave with my last dollar while he's strung out a room, and I know he wouldn't take it from me. That's why he's still my best friend to this day. And uh, he would say there's a prejudice on heroin. Like, look down on, there's a stigma. I don't know about all that. That's a bit of a stretch. But one thing that Jimmy taught me is uh, character goes a long way. Thank you. We're going to take a quick little Scotchy break. Raul's going to come up next to uh, tell our next story. Thanks for checking me out, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming to the Extravaganza today. I really appreciate it. Um, I really dig the vibe. I, I dig the crowd. And I appreciate you guys coming up here. It's not easy to come up here and do these things. Raul's gonna be telling his first story at this. He's a comic, but telling stories is telling stories. This is a little bit different sometimes. And I appreciate your consideration during the stories. You guys are nice and quiet during my story, and I do really appreciate it. I wanna let you guys know, it. let's give everybody the same courtesy when they get up as well, because uh, it's not an easy thing, especially when you're talking about some personal shit other than just junkies. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, I live with junkies, you call that. Um, anybody could do that, right? <laughs> Just watch where you bank. Tell them where you bank. Could be helpful. Ladies and gentlemen, for first time coming up here, give up for Mr. Raul Hernandez coming in, in a pinch.
1: Appreciate it, bud. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming out. This is a really cool-ass venue, man. Really awesome. So my story, my story the story of perseverance and resilience is a story of folklore and legend. This is my story of my almost DUI. So this is back when I was much younger. The hair was up here. It didn't go southbound. Um, <laughs> I was working in a mall in a famous fishing shop in the mall. And I was working there for quite a while. What? What? I will say it's Smash Morshmops. There you go, that's uh, something close to that. Uh, I was working there for quite a while, and I was a young guy. I didn't really drink a lot. In fact, the only time I ever drank a hell of a lot was my prom where I eventually ended up in my friend's backyard butt naked. Story for another time. (laughs) So, working at this, this store for a few years, and in walks Cindy. Cindy is this 5'5", Colombian girl. Recently from here. Recently from Colombia. And I was like, gosh, she's not going to have anything she wants to do with me at all. Nothing. Clearly. We are no different paths. She's probably Hispanic. She's really into probably reggaeton and salsa. I'm more of a Eddie Vedder type of guy. So we're not going to mix. We're not going to mix. It's not going to happen. But She'll work customer service and I'll work the fishing department. So I used to come up and I'll say like my pleasantries. I'd be like, Oh, bueno de Cindy, how are you doing? She's like, Raul, I know you can I know you don't speak Spanish well, just just speak to me English. It's okay. I was like, Okay, está bien, all right. <laughs> so keep working my way, working courage to talk, to have a conversation with Cindy. And it keeps getting better. We're still are having a lot of conversations. I make her laugh for the first time. I tell a shitty joke, and I get a laugh out of her. It was awesome. I was like, yes! Digging these hooks in a little bit, right? So finally, me and Cindy get to the point that we're sharing phone numbers. We're texting. It's working out. I find out she's not into Hispanic music at all. She is also into punk rock and classic rock. I was like, oh, my God, Cindy's, this might work. This might work. Eventually, there's one night, me and her are closing. And a bunch of her friends from the customer service department come up to me and goes, Raul, hey, can you come out with us tonight? We're going to go to a bar later, and we would love to have your company. Make everyone laugh. You're so great, whatever. (laughs) Non-egoist. I was like, yeah, sure, sure, I'll come out. I'll come out. The bar they wanted to go to was Little Hoolies. Little Hoolies is on US1, South Miami area. It's a bar. It's not this place is fucking way awesome, though. <laughs> um, so I get out there, and it's me, five young Hispanic girls, and maybe one other guy. So it's mostly me and a bunch of Hispanic girls. And I'm, like, dominating the table at this point. I'm making every girl laugh. Oh, do you like it when I tell you this? Oh, my God. I'm laughing. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's having a blasty blast. Um, the bigger part of this story the more important issue that's going on besides my talking is it's like a five dollar pitcher night of miller lights and and bud light and you and they're just piling in these pictures but this is the problem with smaller younger ladies they don't really drink beer and like a high octane level so i became pretty much the tank for the whole entire table so each pitcher would come out to be like oh take care of the pitcher And I was like, peer pressure, yeah! Ah, Just downing each pitcher. I managed to probably drink like five pitchers alone in this bar. And it's also karaoke night. They're all going up, doing their own karaoke thing. Cindy goes up and does a rendition of her Nirvana song, which was passable at most. But (laughs) it was nice. It was nice. She was really getting into the American rock culture, you know? Um... So I'm there. We're chilling out still at this bar. It's getting to, like, 12, 11 time. She pulls me aside to one corner of the bar, and I have, like, this moment with her where it's like there's a protective bubble over us. And it's like, only I can hear what she's going to say to me right now. You know? And I'm like, oh, this is, this is intense. She's really close to me. And Cindy is wearing jeans, flannel. She's, she's totally going, buying it all into the punk rock scene. Flannel, torn-up jeans... Uh, and boots, and she comes up to me and goes, Raul, I just did this in the mirror in the bathroom. I wanted to show someone what I can do. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, show me what you can do. And Cindy, with the power of her breasts, pops open the first top three buttons of this shirt. And let me tell you, men the crowd probably, you only really see that in like the beginning of a porno you never really see that in real life? So to, a, to conjure up that power, because that's really a power move. Let's be honest here. That is a power move of a woman saying, hey, I'm really into you. Let's get over all this bullshit on the side. And I, I was just transfixed. I, well, how can you not look away? You're like, oh, my God. Cindy, no. <laughs> And she, and I thought we were going to make out at that moment. But no, she kind of like diverted to Ananai, another lady we were hanging out with that night. We continue talking. We continue hanging out. Another picture comes around. I'm, I'm pretty gone by now. I remember walking out to her car. And I was going to take her, walk her to her car, guide her hand-wise. And she goes, Raul, oh, I had an amazing night tonight. Thank you so much for coming out. I really like hanging out with you a lot. And then grabs the back of my skull and starts making out with me furiously on her Ford Fiesta. It was awesome. It was great because I did the whole, because I'm like a taller person. I picked her up and I sat her on the hood of her car. We're making out. It's awesome. It's super hot. Super hot. She's going through my then hair. I was like, yes! Yes! This is it. I'm going to get a girlfriend out of this. And then her phone, and then... And then her phone vibrates, and she looks at it, and she goes, oh, my God, Greg's calling me. And I'm like, who's Greg? And she's like, you know, I really enjoy hanging out with you, but, like, Greg is the guy I, I see on the day, you know? But if you want to keep hanging out with me, I would like to keep hanging out with you. And from being experienced to infidel situations before, I'm like, oh, okay, no, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so I, we finished making out. She goes off to go be with Greg for the night. <laughs> I'm alone, heartbroken. Cause now I'm, a, she was potentially making me the backdoor man of her life. And I, like, I was not feeling that. I was very home strong. I was very like, oh, I really need a girlfriend to like destroy my life right now, please. Um, but no, so she went her way. I went my way. So I'm going down US 1. Balls drunk. By the way, I've been spilling beer on myself a whole night because I'm jumping in and out of the karaoke's. I'm taking random pictures at this bar. So I'm covered in everything. So this is an advisory warning to anyone who lives in the Miami area. When you turn from US-1 onto sunset, it is immediately a 15-mile-an-hour limit, speed limit, Immediately. I didn't think about this. I am, like, blasting Linkin Park in the end. It doesn't even matter because I'm just now, like, diving deeper into this sadness. I'm like a dolphin in depression. I'm like, ah, 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 just diving in and out. Hating it. <laughs> so I'm, I don't care. I take, like, I'm like, I think I popped a wheelie making the turn going 45. Flying by, I pass, right when you make that turn, South Miami hospital comes up, pass off, I'm flying. And then the the moment I understand of alcoholic clarity, I immediately see on the median, first, the speed limit sign, 30 miles an hour, because it does pick up to like a 30 mile an hour zone. And the South Miami police cruiser right behind it. And I'm flying by it. And within seconds, my mind is like, this guy saw me go 50, for sure, at least 50. And uh, I'm probably drunk and swerving. And uh, this is the end of my life. This is the end of all my scholastic career. Graduate schools don't take you. If you have a DUI, any high-functioning job, if you want a six-figure job, you're fucked. Like, you are done. And I was just like, oh, my God. So I did the only thing a Boy Scout would do at that point. I pulled myself over. I pulled myself over <laughs> to the side. The cop car almost out of shock because the way he made the turn was like so like, really, motherfucker? Like just, he turns so slowly, turns on his lights, does like five seconds and comes behind me. Lights are on. And maybe I had a Ruby and as well at night. <laughs> no, no worries, brother. Um, so I am like, he's pulling, he, he pulls up behind me. I remember my glove compartment always keep like a really low quality per, uh, cologne just to spray on myself. Just like before, like, Hey, I might have a hot date tonight. You know, just like preparedness. Raul's a prepared guy. So I remember I, like, I sneaky, like, opened my glove compartment to spray myself down. I sprayed into my mouth because I just, like, I don't want the stench of alcohol on me right now. So <laughs> officer comes by, knocks on the window, uh, license registration, please. I go and get my license first, and then I, like, fumbly, like, Obnoxiously fumbly, open up my glove compartment. Batteries are batteries. I didn't even knew I had in my glove compartment are falling out. Like the owner's manual that I've never seen before fell out at the same time. Like, it is bad. It is bad. And I, fi- I finagle to get my my uh, registration. And I'm like, here you go, sir. I'm making sure to keep my eyes like either pointing at my steering wheel or looking down. And I give him, here you go, sir. And he walks away. He's like, okay, just stay here. So thankfully, he's walking away now. And I'm like, I'm fucked, I'm fucked, I'm punching the steering wheel. I'm, I should have like set off the airbag already. Um, and I'm thinking, like, how can I sober myself up rapidly? Like, what can I do in this moment to sober up? And I noticed the glove compartment open and I was like, wood sucks up water, wood sucks up liquids, the napkins, I'll eat the napkins, and I just start like hand over fist eating old, greasy Wendy's napkins and McDonald's napkins, like, half of your way, like, just going insane on napkins. And he's there. He's taking quite a while already with my license and registration. And I'm like, he knows. He knows. He's probably found my parents' phone numbers on the, the computer. He's calling them, tell them how bad of a son I am right now, and he's going to arrest me immediately. Like, that's what I'm thinking in this moment. So, officer comes back to the window. I didn't get a good look at this gentleman the first time. Now when I get to see, because I'm riddled with shame and guilt, and I'm clearly thinking I'm going to be arrested. I look at him, and he is the classic mustache, dad bod, Cuban cop. And he looks at me, hands me a license and registration, and goes, Sir, I want you to know, in my over 15 years of service to this great county of ours, I have never in my life seen someone pull themselves over. Drive safe and have a good night. And I take my license registration and like immediately like,
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good night.
1: Driving. Side, I turn off the radio. I'm like, Lincoln Park's done for a night, Chester. And I'm just like driving straight home uh, to, to West Kendall. I get home. I parked the car and I'm like reevaluating everything that happened in that moment. Like, Cindy tried to cheat on her ex, I mean, her, her boyfriend with me, uh, like the drunk situation. Uh, I, I clearly escaped being detained. Uh, like, it's crazy. Like, my night has gotten insane. So I parked the car. I'm about to get out and go into my house. All of a sudden, speeding around the corner is my younger brother coming back from his night at the town. And I, he gets out of the car. I lock eyes with him, like, Alex, you won't believe the story I'm about to tell you. And he goes, Aah! all over the driveway. And I was like, it's okay, bro. Go inside, clean up. I clean up the driveway and try to like, consummate my crazy night as being a good brother. That's my time, guys. Thank you so much. Peace. Good for Rojornadas, ladies and gentlemen,
0: who almost was a bad person but got lucky randomly i like the Jakar mouthwash uh trick was <laughs> good i live right by that uh i live across the street from south miami hospital and yeah it turns 15 miles an hour out of nowhere you know why because the police station's there and they're lazy as fuck, and they just want to walk out and give somebody a ticket so you got really lucky especially in south miami ladies and gentlemen. give it up for one more time for raul thank you ladies and gentlemen The tandem part of our night is going to start next, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, Ivan and Sam and uh, I'm looking forward to it. This kind of happened by accident a while ago. A couple people uh, came up to tell a story. And, uh, and there was two of them, and they knew each other really well, and they played off each other really well, and I thought it was a cool thing. I'm gonna start doing some some theme nights, and uh, this is the first one. I'm sorry, half of it kind of fell off, but that's fine. I'm looking forward to the next two tandem acts, ladies and gentlemen. So we need some tandem action now into Uncle Scotch's storytelling extravaganza. I've known these guys for a while, um, back even when... I remember when I started booking boogies and Ivan hated me because I had no cover bands, was allowed to play. You fucking so mad at me. You used to play there all the time. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? He fucking hated me. I'd walk in there, you'd be all with quarter three sitting there with the guys. That fucking guy. It wasn't personal, you know that, man. This is true, and it's about you. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Ivan Palma and Mr. Sam Savage. Double teaming you. No extra charge. No extra charge.
3: What's up, everybody? Okay. Hello.
2: Uh, hello. All right. We yeah, got two yeah, points. Yeah, get over. up on. Nice. There.
3: Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's a little story. This is just a story about me and Ivan hanging, and this is... Uh, Great one for me to tell. Makes me sound like a real lush. But hold on, uh, hold on,
2: hold on, hold on. Hold okay, right. I yeah, just, go I ahead. just gotta say one quick thing. We really didn't plan these outfits. All right. But when we got here, I said, "Holy shit, we're both wearing five boy gray shirts and fat boy <laughs> jeans and fucking sneakers." <laughs> oh, damn. All right. We All
3: look right. good, man. All right. But that was that was just a disclaimer. Hey, right. like I said in a show one time, I'm not Aquaman, but you have a good time. That's <laughs> what it is. All right. Uh, uh, that was when somebody in the crowd called us ugly, which I was like, that's a bit much, bro. I mean, ugly's a tough word. Fuck that motherfucker. Oh, fucking sorry. cute in my own way. Don't fuck off. <laughs> Lots of, whatever. Anyway, so I get sidetracked. Okay, so me and Ivan, we play music together. He's a drummer, I'm a trombone player. We got a band called House Savage. <laughs> Shout out. That's our little band. And this is my musical brother. We're we're working it out. You know, what I'm saying I'm Coltrane, he's Elvin Jones. I'm Lennon, he's McCartney. Except, you know, us. So, you know, that's what we're doing. That's where the story goes. So basically, you know, we're gonna try to make a, a you know, a regular story. Okay. So um so like me, you know, Ivan's married now to the lovely Azela over there. And beautiful like beautiful wife. And so, you know, he's married. I, I love this guy's life. This guy's killing it. And we still have a band. We still hang out. We still drink drinks. It's all good. But before this motherfucker was married, it was a little less respectable. That's all I'm saying. Like, we're out there on the Miami scene, like hitting it, hitting the music, going out there playing. Me and our friends getting a little twisted, going back to his house, getting more twisted. Okay? It was all in the work. I mean, you know, we go back to his house. We're listening to, you know, Snoop Dogg, Dog, Badacombele, freaking Chucho Valdez, Stevie Wonder, the police. But getting twisted. Okay? So, this is one of the nights, you know, we're we're back there. And, like, if I recount, you know... I'm we going just through all the
2: shit that we used to listen to in my mind. I said, "Man, we listen to a lot more shit than like a lot."
3: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're genre <laughs> explorers. Yeah, no doubt. But okay, so um, we're back there, and I think what's on the menu—you know, a lot of joints and stuff. Whatever we're drinking at the bar, the doers is always on tap the at Al- Al- Ivan's house. Yes. Which, man, that Child stuff is doers. headache medicine. But you know, For you. When, it's go- when it's going down. I'm doing not it. Not for me. So we got the doers, and then, and then like, we're listening to whatever we were. The night isn't the point of the story. So, <laughs> so like, as a nightcap, and this is not even, like, I, I love edibles. Edibles are a great thing. You take an edible in the afternoon, and then, like, two hours later, you're like, now nah, my brain is about to be a thing. But you don't, like, at the end of the night, just just cram a big brownie that has like an amount of weed that's going to go off in your body like a freaking chernobyl you right. know so
2: it was like about about 3 in the morning and we were ready to go to sleep I'm like, bro, you want a brownie? Yeah. Hell yeah,
3: big. I mean, did I want it because of the strong. weed or the brownie? Who knows? It's just a double, real, double let's go. Real,
2: real strong brownie. He put some whipped cream on that motherfucker, and he was like, hell yeah. You got some ice cream?
3: It was like a <laughs> 600 milligram brownie. Like, come on.
2: It was, It was potent, dude. It was potent. So was
3: potent. just another night. It's all good. And like... To my respect, I'm not a blackout guy. I don't blackout. I remember all this shit, which has its own horror and its own way. But like, like, just I, I won't go on a tangent. But like, when I was in the ninth grade, me and my buddy, we've got beer for like the third time. 14 years old. I woke up in the middle of the night and had peed in his camper. And I'm so delusional, like, just this year, because of corona, I just apologized for that. I did not believe I did it. I was just like, you know what, man? That was was a blackout. I peed in your camper. That's nasty. Tell your dad, like, I'm apologizing now. I really didn't believe it. So this is like a good story, because I got woken up in the blackout. And whoa, that was rough. You don't want to restart that computer during the workday, boy. That was, okay, so, okay, so let's skip, okay, eat a brownie, fucking went off to La La Land. Went to sleep, passed out. And whatever happens in these next few hours uh, is, uh, I don't know him, Ivan doesn't know him, somebody, you know, some forces out there know him, but I wake up, quotations, and it's in the full light of day, and God help me! I'm a one floor. So Ivan lives in the super nice place, Nirvana on Biscayne Biscayne and Sixtiest. Shout out, you guys know Nirvana. They got a pool, high rises, a gate with a security guard. He's gonna come into play, no doubt. Yeah. So, you know, it's a nice place to live, and it's a, that's a nice bachelor pad. Like you're good. Everything was set up to be good. So, so I come online, and I'm like. At at the person who I think, I guess, I I don't know, I wandered, I did a wander, I wandered off, and uh, it's like, (laughs) God help me, it's like, probably 8.39 in the morning, full Miami sun, just like, people are doing Monday, like, and, and I'm here, and I'm trying to unlock someone's door on the floor below Ivan's. I do not remember. I don't know if I took the lift down or the stairs. That will never be known. I mean, we got to get the the footage for that. But um, so I, I don't know what's happening and like, I'm just trying to unlock somebody's door and, you know, I mean, stand our ground. I'm lucky I didn't get blown away. Like, I mean, that could have been bad. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to unlock somebody's door. And one of Ivan's neighbors is just like waking me up while I'm jiggling a doorknob. And, and this <laughs> is where my, my brain starts to come back online. And that's the first thing I remember is like this lady, like, what what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And like, and 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 I remember not being able to talk. That's a good, that's a good feeling. I was like, P- like I didn't I didn't even do that. I was just like, like I didn't, I didn't have nothing. And we started calling me Sam the Canary for a while, because I just oh my God, if it was the FBI, like the first thing I said, I was like, Ivan Palmer. Like it was rough, and she's like, bah. And then I'm coming online. I'm coming online, and uh, and and then you know probably what got me online a little quicker, She's like, "Okay, we gotta take you down to security," and I'm like, "Okay." Like <laughs> this lady takes and and at this moment, um, I'm fully clothed, thank God. Whew. But but I do not I do not have shoes on. I'm in my little socks. I am sin zapatos, you know what I'm saying? This is not good. And, uh, and then so she's like, we're going to take you to security. I'm like, just go along with it. And then when we get on the elevator, now I'm starting to, like, become a person that lives on Earth society. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. Like, <laughs> the, I don't spoon. know how. I, like, I'm, and I'm struggling. I'm like, how did I get here? You know, Watch I was so on a couch. I was on a, a couch recliner, which is nice. <laughs> But now I'm out in the world, and I don't know how I got there. And then, um, and then on the elevator, I'm starting to come online, and it starts to get in my head. I'm like, "Man, this is this is not good." Like, um, you're in the elevator now, and right now in this elevator, you're still Sam Savage. But if you walk with this strange woman to security with no shoes, you're Florida man. All right, bro. There's no that's that's it. And you're never going back, okay? And this lady and all her Miami friggin' uh, get-up-and-go on a Monday, like an idiot, she just, like, walked out of the elevator, like, way ahead of me. She was, like, ten spaces ahead of, like, my no-pace-at-no-moment at day. Like, she was already out of the elevator. I was like, this, this chick's stupid. They're like, yeah, I'm not the one. She's stupid. And then I just, like, saw Penthouse, because my man lives in the penthouse, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, and I saw at PH, and I was just like, bong, 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 Like, now I'm online. Now I'm online and in survival mode, okay? So now I'm online, bong, bong, p- penthouse. I'm like, hey, do, do you even remember which one? Because I had trouble, even sober, like, which one's Ivan's apartment? You need to know now. Check the text. I probably didn't even have my phone. So I, I oh, thank God, I left the door unlocked, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> Ivan's place just opened to the world, and he's just, oh, he's, he's back there getting the sleep of his life. And then so I, I get back in his house, and sure enough, like like two minutes later, like... And and I just I I hid under the blanket like a kid in a horror movie. I was like, just go away. She's gonna go away. Like it's it's all good. She's gonna go away. And um,
2: now, mind you, hold on. Let me, yeah. Okay. So let,
3: let me just. And that's where no. my part of the story ends. I hid out.
2: No, and, that part uh, of the story ends for now.
3: But but
2: but this is the other part of the story. Now, I know this neighbor. She's a little <laughs> Colombian lady. This big. She's cool as she's fuck. Cool. Like, like, she's real funny. Like, like, I had to walk her from the pool one time home because she said, "Oh, I had two cups of wine, and a Xanax," <laughs> and she was laughing her ass lot. off. And I was like, "Come on, come on, I'll take you home and shit." <laughs> and then another time, we had some neighbors that were like. Making, filming porn in there and shit, and she was Whoa. like, "Yeah." She showed me a picture of her sucking something. I was like, "Oh my god, Whoa. My bro! <laughs> Holy shit!" That same little Colombia lady like that walks around with her dog Lida. My sisters know her because they lived over there, They everybody knows her like over there. She knows everybody's business, but she's cool. So that day, I had to get a new phone, and that was when like they were still using SIM cards. So. I put the SIM card in my phone, but I had to wait for it to boot up or whatever. So throughout that whole night, I had no service, bro. Like about, I get up like at ten thirty, whatever. Sam's gone.
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, I got that extra hour, and then I fled. <laughs> yeah. I fled oh, the crime scene bucks. like I had to go. I was gonna I mean, wait. He, caught, yeah, a, he <laughs> caught
2: a break in the action somehow. Yeah. Right. And uh, um, so all of a sudden, when my phone comes online, I start getting these texts, bro. And I look at my phone, and it's a text from the neighbor, and she's saying in Spanish, I'm gonna, well, probably everybody here understands what I'm saying. Yeah. This is a text. Oye, Ivan, hubo un gordo sin zapato aquí tocándome en la puerta, y dice que es amigo tuyo, y después se desapareció, y no sé lo que está. Llámame cuando tengo un chance. Okay, bye, chama. That was the first one. Ivan, llamame <laughs> is tengas un chance. Ivan, llamame que hay un gordo sin dando vueltas por el apartamento que dice que es amigo tuyo. I was like, holy shit, boy. what the fuck happened? I, before I call her, I call Sam. You knew. Sam's not answering the phone. He's imagine. But after that whole shit, he had to take an I Uber was never home. afraid
3: of Ivan on that. I was happy to tell him.
2: And then when he told me the story, dude, then I called her back. And I said, no, man, that was my boy. And I told her and she started laughing. I said, man, I gave him a wee brownie like at three in the morning and she's laughing her ass off and everything was cool. And then, because of that moment, Sam wrote a song called Seen Zapatos, which is, a, you know, Afrobeat, a it's little bit hits. crazy, but, you know, it kind of s- sums up the night. Tomorrow, well... I don't know if we should advertise one. Whatever. We're
3: playing right? another local bar tomorrow yeah, night. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you we got the we, got the we got the face to face information. It's all well, good.
2: tomorrow Birdman's climb is having a jam session here. Um, no, we, bro, we can't. We really we can't, dude. We don't have the proper instrumentation to do.
3: <laughs> nah, nah,
2: it's just a story. No, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna. Do it. Oh, anyway, and then um. I told her a couple months later that Sam wrote a song, and she was laughing about it again and everything. And that was the Seesepado story. So, you have anything? You have anything you'd like to add? <laughs>
3: Man, not to be crass, but it's a real uh, yeah. I got a, I got a couple things like, All right, okay, it. you know, I, it's, uh, I still wake up in the middle of the night. This is this is the night, you know, you're trying to fall asleep late at night, and you're like, hey, let's think about this. Your brain's like, and I just think like, what if I just like walked over the balcony and just like woke up that way, like boom, boom, and then I scare myself in the middle of the night. And then the thing I'm most grateful for is just you know, sins apodos that was happening, but you know. I was out of the house on a weed brownie, on a re-brownie, you know, uh, in, one, a, one, in a God Davida carpet ride. And I'm just glad my ding-dong wasn't out downstairs. because, you know, that I was looking for the bathroom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, folks, I guess that's the story. Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: So that was awesome. Give it up to those guys. Sin Hey, you guys got another one for another week? Get it up for Sam and Ivan, ladies and gentlemen. Tell tell them the uh, dual story. We got one more, ladies and gentlemen. We got Taylor and Theo, Mr. Goodnight's coming up next, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I just really... I really like the vibe with the the whole um, the the tandem thing I'd like to do that more if you know anybody ladies and gentlemen uh, that wants to tell a story single, double I don't know if I'm adventurous enough to do the triple yet but if you guys uh, know anybody just hit me up at at Uncle Scotchy on Instagram thanks again for Bar Nancy for having us and and letting us do this thing Uh, um, I really appreciate it seriously give it up for Bar Nancy ladies and gentlemen because Ben thought this was a bad fucking idea when I went to him, and uh, uh, and uh, it's it's been pretty good. And, and give it up for everybody that works over here at Bar Nancy as well. They can't they can't be any nicer for sure. How'd you like our first tandem act? That was like a golf clap, like a three foot putt. Yeah. How'd you like our first act? There we go. <laughs> Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you know anybody that wants to tell a story, if you want to tell a story, reach out to me, Uncle Scotchy on IG, ladies and gentlemen. Get up again for Bar Nancy for having us here tonight. Uh, This has been really cool. Check out the podcast. Go to UncleScotchy.com. You can listen to a lot of stories way back. and get warmed up and it'll kind of inspire you to tell your own story. It's not easy to tell a story about yourself. These stories have to be true and they have to be about you. And now they have to be about two. So ladies and gentlemen, Theo, Mr. Goodnight, and Taylor Davis, come on up here. Give it up for them. With a prop. I got a feeling this is going to be
4: good. Make some noise for yourself. <laughs> and make some noise for Mr. Eric Garcia putting on this great event for so long. I remember when, when Eric started this event, I messaged him like right away, and I was like, I wanna do something, so. Uh, my name's Taylor James Davis. Hold on a second. There we go. This is my good brother, Mr. Theo Samuels. Make some noise for him, please.
5: Oh yeah. I, I think he said make some noise for yourself, and it was very low, so. You better make some noise for yourself! God damn it. Make sure you tip your bartenders as well. Uh, make sure. No, no, no. Keep the keep the light on. Cause if you turn that light off, you can't see me. Uh, <laughs> I was just making sure. That's why I kept covering and making sure y'all can. I'm like, oh can I? I'm trying to make sure y'all can see me. That's the uh, that's the that's the thing. But we're here basically. Do you know why we're here? I think. Yeah, oh yeah, I got it. So, give it up to the per the, p- the two guys that told the story about being That was dr- great, yeah. Yeah, about being drunk. There will
4: be uh, and there will be no napkin eating in this story as well. That was pretty insane. I was in the bathroom walking out when I heard that. That's I've been drunk multiple times. I mean, that that's a lie. A lot of times and uh never heard of someone eating napkins to soak up the alcohol. That was fantastic. So.
5: Yeah, I I don't remember when I didn't drink. Uh <laughs> i think that's the that's that's the issue uh but we're gonna have a good night tonight and y'all been beautiful this whole time and uh like i said you got to make sure you give it to yourself make sure you keep supporting local bars local or like you know whatever local make sure you support it man because we gonna keep it going we so you're probably asking uh
4: who the hell we are i'm a singer songwriter here on the scene i've been here for three years i'm originally from indiana and uh, my good brother here is a comedian on the scene and one of the funniest that I know. And uh, he also curates and puts on music events. So tonight, we, uh, we tell the story all the time about how we met. It's a pretty crazy story. Uh, almost three years ago at Churchill's in Little Haiti. And uh, we're going to tell you that story tonight. We're going to tell you a little bit about... Uh, he, Theo asked me one time to get on stage and play music, and he was just going to sing with no rehearsal, which uh, scares the hell out of me to do anything without uh, rehearsing. And we got on stage in front of about 75 people at Churchills and did this little thing we're going to do for you a little bit later. And we're going to talk a little bit about the connection that we've learned by one of our favorite things to do is talk about the scene, talk about music, talk about comedy, where things are happening, what's going on. And one of our favorite things to talk about is the similarities between comics and musicians. So we're going to try to touch on all that. But first, we're going to go back and forth, and I'm going to tell you exactly how I met this distinguished gentleman. Um... I was uh, doing a feature at Churchill's uh, on the open mic and um, I was learning this Neil Young song with a musician from Fort Lauderdale named Auntie One and we had just talked about playing this song together over the phone but we hadn't rehearsed it so we run outside before the show in the parking lot at Churchill's and we, I started rehearsing this song. I'm just going to play you a little bit of it. I was thinking about it today of what I was playing when I met Theo but... I was doing that out in the parking lot and we go to go inside. They tell us it's time to go so we go inside and as I'm walking up to the main door at Churchill's me and this guy run into each other. We didn't know each other.
5: Run into each other at the door and I say, oh, go ahead. And he says, yeah, you know how people tell, like, you know, everybody got two different stories so his story was like that. <laughs> I got a different story how I met him. <laughs> How did it really go? So, I met him, like, drinking, I was fucked up, so I was walking in front of, in Churchill's. If y'all know what Churchill Pub is, that's a place where you don't fucking use the bathroom. Uh, you know what I mean? I seen a cockroach and a rat was like, yo, I'm not using these motherfucking bathrooms. I I got to get the fuck up out of here. That's how nasty those bathrooms are. Uh, whoever here that, like, Churchill's, I'm so sorry, but I'm letting y'all know, do not use the bathrooms there. Uh, I love that place too. I met all my great friends there, but I do not use the bathroom there. I promise you that. Like if you, I promise you, you gotta use the bathroom there. You rather go to a porta potty, and I'm talking about the ones that truckers use. Like, <laughs> like I promise. Like if yeah, that's the one you need to go to. And I'm standing in the front. I walk in the front, and I'm just standing there, and I see this dude come up in here with a guitar, and it's a harmonica he got on his. I know what it's called now. The Ramonica on his, on his, in his neck. And I was like, hey, man, you about to play the guitar? What the fuck you got on your neck? And I said, well, if I have it on me, I better know how to fucking play it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that, that shit cool, man, but... And... <laughs> so I said, hey, you gonna play tonight? He was like, yeah, man. He was like, hey. Out of nowhere, he was like, you drink whiskey? whiskey? I was like, what, this motherfucker know me already? Or...? I just had a
4: very strong feeling, you know, a very strong feeling.
5: Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, damn, you good. I'm like, hell yeah, I drank whiskey. He's like, oh, I thought he was gonna buy a shot at the, the bar. He was like, no, nah, let's go to the car. I was like, damn, this is my friend. <laughs> like, he don't even know. This. So I've been drinking whiskey out of my car the whole night, but okay, come on, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do this <laughs> idea travel, so, adventure to your car. Let's go. Now, keep in mind, we're outside of
4: Churchill's in the parking lot <laughs> with the trunk popped. So it doesn't look like what it really is. It looks like I'm making some sort of big cocaine deal. And um, that's it. That's it. And uh, we're drinking black velvet, cheap whiskey, out of the back of my car. And uh, we've basically been drinking whiskey together ever since that. And uh, so we go inside. I perform. We get off stage. And he goes up and performs. And he told me that he was a comic. He wasn't talking very much at the time. He just kind of mumbles like he still does sometimes. I said, what, what the fuck, did, what, what did you say? And he says, I'm a comic, I do comedy. So he goes on stage, and for seven or eight minutes, I keep in mind, I always say that mu- music, you have a distraction, you know? You're not really playing, you're playing with silence, but you have strong tools to do that with. When you're a comic, it literally is playing with silence, and the only tools that you have is whatever you're going to say. So it's very hard. I ran Churchill's open mic before they closed down for three years and have seen thousands of comedians. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult, you know. And so I give the guys a lot of credit. So Theo goes up there and proceeds to own this stage for seven or eight minutes. Now, most open mics will cut you at seven minutes no matter what. I always, if the comedian is rolling, I just let him keep rolling, you know. And with the crowds into it, nothing's worse than cutting a guy when he really has the crowd in the palm of his hands. And that night, I saw him for the first time. He really had the crowd in his hands. But the thing I remember the most is that he got on stage, did his, you know, his bits. And at the end, he closed with this joke about a cat. And a good bit, a good comedy bit, for no reason whatsoever will stick in your head for way longer than you'd like it to And this bit has stuck in my head for years now. And I've ruined many a party trying to recreate the bit. And then when it's over with, I realize, oh, I'm a white guy. It's
5: not as funny. But what he said was. I hate what he I don't know why he liked this joke so much. Uh, (laughs) I don't know either. Uh, I was drunk as hell. I probably just randomly just started talking and he was like, yeah, that's great. So I, I guess I, if you like it so much, I'll just do it tonight. Uh, this is... Thank you. And I'm not going... I don't... This guy weird as shit like that. Uh, damn, that's why we friends, right? Uh, that's how it always happens, right? This is my brother from another mother. You can Can't tell, you see right? the
4: family resemblance? Make yeah. some noise if you can see it, please.
5: Yeah. So uh, I do a joke like this. Uh, who's single in here? Anybody single out there? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Don't be happy for that shit. Cause I'm single. And when I'm at home in the dark, jerking off, and my cat be looking at me like this, <laughs> you pathetic. But somebody here worse than me, whoever here watching animated porn, you a weird motherfucker. <laughs> I almost got my ass whooped for that joke two weeks ago. Somebody told me that's not called animated porn. It's called hand tie. <laughs> and whoever told me that is, you pointed your weird ass out to me. <laughs> yeah, because nobody wanna see Pikachu fuck sell a moon. <laughs> And uh, y'all weird like this, but uh, y'all here laughing about that. I and thought...
4: I, I've been laughing at uh, his uh, crazy, crazy jokes ever since because of that cat joke.
5: Because uh, yeah, it makes sense. Now I'm just saying it's lunchtime. I just seen it here. That Order makes up. sense. Yeah, it's Order lunchtime. Up. So since
4: then, I've probably seen Theo perform comedy a thousand times or something like that, and he's seen me play this guitar night in and night out so if Theo doesn't show up at the show I say uh, oh he knows what I do anyway <laughs> but um, so we we become friends we become close we start hanging out more talking about music and comedy and uh, he I show up at open mic one night uh to play this was before I hosted and he says uh he's he says to me hey uh I want you to get up and play the guitar and I'm gonna sing I'm like what are you gonna sing what are you gonna play and he says uh Oh, I got this song. I got this song about a cat. So everything keeps going back to a cat, it seems. So I, I just was like, okay. So I got up and just played these three chords,
5: and okay. he did this. <laughs> okay, this ain't shit about a cat. I don't know where your story went, but I thought it was a pussy cat song. It's not what it's yeah, it's, it's, it's in a new rendition. About a cat, but it's not about a cat. Well, yeah, I guess right. I'll we'll move
4: closer so you can
5: hear this. This song called Hot. Hi, when, pussy cat I Where pussy cat I, I never seen a cat. that looked like a pussy. Hi When pussy cat I was walking down the street today. It was probably good luck, but it's bad luck like at the same time. A homeless lady asked, "Do you want some of this pussy, young man?" The bad part about it took me a long time to say no. <laughs> I went pussy cat. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I got. Oh, shit. Okay. We gonna do. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Hard, where pussy <laughs> Okay, this is this is fun. <laughs> okay, one more, one more, one more verse. All right, all right, one more verse. Okay, oh, oh, oh it's your favorite shit now. Okay, make sure y'all download this shit on Elm, all platforms. <laughs> Hard, where pussy cat. I never seen a cat that was a pussy. (laughs) The first time I seen a pussy, it was in high school and I was by the dugout. The girl said, Oh, she pulled out her panties. But then I smelled a weird ass smell. Then I was like, okay, that could be the motherfucking trash can behind us. (laughs) Then I stuck my two fingers in the vagina. (laughs) Then I sniffed it. I said, oh shit, it wasn't the trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Then I was like, okay, it could be me. So I stuck my two fingers in her nose for she could smell it. She told me, oh my God, don't ever do that shit again, cause my stomach hurt. I said, oh my fucking God, this is us, your vagina. Ha pussycat. pussy cat. <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Theo Samuels, everybody.
4: An instant classic. Now, this might surprise you. This might surprise you. But that's not really the type of material that that I write. So, and I walked off stage thinking, what the fuck did we just do? And they reacted pretty much the same way that you just did. So, um. (laughs) well, we wanted to close with talking a little bit about, you know, the things that we talk about. Just the two of us our musician and comic friends. Who are doing a, a lot on the scene right now? Um, for me, I think that there. I saw this great interview on TV. Uh, it was uh, anybody seen Jerry Seinfeld's "Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee"? Fantastic thing on Netflix. Yeah, great. And um, he interviewed Seth Rogen, and he and he says there's some connection between music, musicians, and comedians that we've never been able to f- figure out exactly what it is. So. I started posing that question myself, and me and him have talked about it a lot. And uh, I think that the comics have been so... When I first started at Open Mic at Churchill's, a bunch of writers left. There was a bunch of, like, writers and poets there. They all left for some reason. And it was thanks to this guy and uh, our friend John Everyman. John and Theo told all the comedians to come. Just don't go to the open, uh, comedy Open Mics. Come come here. You know, you can have time here and you can grow and, and do your stuff here. And anyone that's been in Churchill's knows that really anything goes, you know? Uh, if I can't say fuck someplace I go, I automatically feel uncomfortable. So Churchill's is really the extremity of that. So all these comics started to come in droves and droves because of Theo and, and John. And not only that, but John has this great podcast, The Everyman Podcast Show, and Theo encouraged him to put me on the podcast when I first moved here and encouraged John to put on other musicians. And nobody sees more live music shows than this guy. Uh, Every night of the week, he's out somewhere seeing live music and telling us about somebody he saw that was great, you know. And he puts on these great shows at the Fish House. And I started to see the similarity in what the comics do and what the musicians do is, first of all, the love for it, the ability to get knocked down, knocked down, knocked down, and still keep coming back relentlessly that's something that we both shared. You have any thoughts on that?
5: Y'all make sure y'all tip your bartenders. <laughs> nah nah, but I understand what exactly what he's saying. Um yeah it, anytime you do any type of art it's gonna be hard. Um I, I just encourage everybody to keep doing what they love doing man. And, uh, make sure you tip your bartenders <laughs> <laughs> Make sure, hey, and, and, for, and, and these weird ass times, make sure like, you support local artists and make sure you support your friends and your family members, man, because they need y'all help, man, because you never know what they're really going through. Um, like, and what he, I'm just going to piggyback on what he's saying, like music or art, whatever you do being creative, man, I just want y'all to support anybody that you know being creative because you don't know what they're going through, and, and, and any support help. And I feel like, in, and like you said, music and, and, and comedy, just it's, it's the same thing, man. We always, we just wanna be heard. We just like a person that standing out in front of the corner store. He just out there shooting his dreams and shit. He just wanna be heard. Uh, you ever been to an AA meeting? Everybody just want <laughs> I, I, I think. <laughs> I can tell I, you where to go. <laughs> yeah, cause yeah, this remind me of that. So it's like, you know, everybody wanna be heard and, and you know, and just, you know, everybody needs support. Everybody in this world needs support, and I think we just need to be bigger fans to the person that you don't know what they're going through. Everybody going through something, and I just think that you should just support that, you know, because everybody got to go through something. And I
4: think the, uh, the last thing that uh, we'll leave you guys with is what he said, you know. The reason that I got here to play music and be on stages and know people that are, are just great musicians, great artists, great comics is because of people like this guy. You know, they... It's one thing to see somebody that performs and say, I enjoyed that. It's another thing to tell people about it. And this guy, single-handedly, was one of the big impacting uh, things about uh, me getting more shows and people come out to the shows. And uh, I think that the, the community, as long as the community supports, it's the community... Uh, so- we can we can all keep going so i guess the biggest thing that i wanted to leave you with the main main reason that we came was to uh like you said you know support uh the local stuff that is going on like you know uh i know that if i have a show this guy is going to be there and the same goes and we've created a great group doing that um so support your friends and like you said support localism thank you for letting us hang out with you um We are doing a show at the Anderson this Saturday. Theo's going to be hosting. I'm going to be playing with my band. It's an all-day show. It's called The Good Vibes Market. It starts at 1 o'clock and goes till 9. So come and hang out. It's free to get in. There's going to be like 25, 30 vendors, four or five bands. Uh, So come out. It's a good time. Everybody's welcome. And uh, one more time, make some noise for Eric Garcia, Uncle Scotchy, putting this on. And one more time, make some noise for yourself. God bless you. Take care of yourself.
5: And make sure you remember, love is free. Sure.
0: We can pay for it too. Well, I mean that's really- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Theo and Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Theo and Taylor one more time, ladies and gentlemen. Break it down. Talking about their friendship. And then open up to you guys. People, this this whole thing has been a trans uh, I was gonna try to say transportative. But I can't see But I'm a musician And me doing this Was the scariest fucking thing in the world When I realized When I decided during this COVID thing When I'm sitting at home with my dog after surgery And I got nowhere to go and, and, and I got no money coming in And I'm just sitting there I'm like what am I going to do with my life And my buddy's like Man you should do a blues opera You had a lot of fucked up shit happen to you You should, you should talk about your shit and then play the song that you wrote about it I'm like but I mean to just talk without a without not tip your bartender anything like that was blowing my mind and so this started out as a vehicle and a platform to me to workshop my shit and and then the comics that jumped on I had a guy named Danny Vanavente jump on from the beginning and um, He's the one that brought in all these comics. And these comics like coming in here and doing this. And uh, it's been a real special thing, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for for being here for this and uh, and not knowing what's going to come up, not knowing what the story is going to be, not knowing what anybody's going to talk about, but being open to it. I really appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. Looking forward to seeing you guys at, at further events. And check out the podcast at Storytelling. And thank you. Hey, thank Julio for recording all these things, cleaning the vocals up, and putting it on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. He does this out of the goodness of his heart. Thanks, people. See you guys next week. Stay Scotchy.